0: 8 today. So, wow. 6, 7, and 8. Romans chapter 6. So over the past couple weeks, I had an epiphany. Anybody ever had an epiphany? Oh, no. <laughs> so over the last several years, uh, you've heard Myself, you've heard Elena, you've heard the Free Methodist Church and other churches around the globe talk about ending human trafficking. They say we must end modern-day slavery. I agree with them. That's a noble cause. It's a a worthwhile cause. We must end modern-day human trafficking. But here's my epiphany. I don't think we ought to end all modern-day slavery. I don't think we ought to end all modern day slavery. In fact, I think we ought to promote some of it. And I think as Christians, we ought to become slaves. We ought to choose slavery. Now, why, you may ask? Here's why slavery leads to sanctification. Slavery leads to sanctification. Romans chapter 6, verse 19 to 22. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now, you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become sanctified. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to sanctification and result in eternal life. Slavery leads to sanctification. We're in the heart of a series in the book of Romans that we're calling Romans. Paul talking after he spent a chapter and a half saying, we're no longer slaves to sin. He's saying, I want to do what I don't do, but I do what I don't want to do. And oh, do do. Christ has freed us. The answer to the problem. If Paul can't live sinless, if we can't live sinless, what do we do? Paul says, who can free me? Verse 25. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He has freed us. But I'm still saying that slavery leads to sanctification, and and here's what I mean by that. We may be free from the bondage of sin. But we still have to make the choice how to live. We still have to choose what we will be slaves of. Because let's be honest with each other. At least in our country, at least in the lifestyles that we live, we are slaves to something every single day. It's just a matter of what we choose to be a slave to. What we choose will either lead us to a sanctification or it will lead us towards death. What we choose will either lead towards sanctification or it will lead us towards death. We must choose righteous living, Romans 6.18. We must choose to be slaves of God, Romans 6.22. We must choose to be slaves of Jesus. Every single day we must make that choice because slavery towards that will lead to sanctification. In the Old Testament, the early story of of God's interaction with his people, God was telling his people when and how to let go of their slaves, when and how to release them. And I would guess that most of the people that were released from slavery would have jumped for joy and then fled the country, so it wouldn't happen again. But God says there's going to be times. There's going to be times where somebody doesn't want to go. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 15, verses 16 and 17. But suppose your servant says, I will not leave you, because he loves you and your family and and he has done well with you. In that case, take an an all and and put it through his earlobe into the door. After that, he will be your servant for life. The slave was saying, I choose to. To be your slave for life. Choosing slavery to Christ leads to sanctification. Choose who you belong to. Choose who you belong to. Here's why. Romans 8 verse 1. So there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Choose Jesus. This is the vital step in sanctification. If sanctify sanctify means to be set apart, to mean to be free from sin, to be holy, once we've chosen Jesus, we're sanctified. We've reached sanctification. God sees us with no sin. One of my favorite verses, I've shared it a lot. Colossians 1:22, yet now God has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body, and as a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Without a single sin. Choose Jesus. You'll be sanctified. Just like that. Now, you may be thinking, wait, that that doesn't make sense. James said sanctification is a process. Now he's saying something different. In a sense that when we choose Christ, we are sanctified. It, It is a one and done type thing. Yes, Christ, I choose you. Boom, God sees us as holy. But, It's also a process. As so many of us know, and as we've seen from Paul's example of the second half of Romans 7, sin still happens. So yes, God sees us as holy, but we still need that continual sanctification. So how do we live towards that? We've covered Romans chapter 6, we've covered Romans chapter 7, the answer is in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 answers the now what? What? And it says quite simply and quite repeatedly, now allow the Holy Spirit to continue the process of sanctification. Now allow the Holy Spirit to continue the process of sanctification. Paul says Jesus sets you free, don't sin anymore, we're still going to keep sinning. But allow the Holy Spirit to keep the process going. Romans 8, 1 and 2. So there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that leads to sin and death. Now what? Let the Holy Spirit keep with the process of sanctification. Verses 12 and 13 in chapter 8. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if... Through the power of the Spirit, not because you worked really, really, really hard, but through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Choose to let the Spirit continue the process of sanctification. Jump back a little bit, Romans 8, 5, and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature con- so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Verses 9 and 10, uh, it's just Spirit filled in there. But now you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And in parentheses, Paul says, and remember that those who choose that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. He says, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because He has made you right with God. The Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Just as Christ lives in you, and just as God has raised Christ from the dead, He will give your life. He will give your mortal bodies life by the same Spirit living within you. So how do we live without sin? We've got to let the Holy Spirit keep the process of sanctification going. Let me see if I can summarize what we've talked about. Our goal as Christians is to live like Christ. To live without sin. Romans chapter 6 tells us, Christ has set you free from the slavery to sin, from the bondage of sin. Romans chapter 7 tells us, ah, but you're still going to sin because I do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do what I do. Romans chapter 8 says, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. The Holy Spirit plays the foreman in the lifelong process of continual sanctification. And at the same time, when we choose to be a slave to Christ, we are once and for all sanctified. It's one of those tensions we have to learn to live in. Slavery to Christ leads to immediate and continual sanctification. Slavery to Christ leads to immediate and continual sanctification. You want to know what's beautiful about this process? Just like as parents, we don't give up on our kids as they're growing up. God does not give up on us. doesn't matter how many times we sin. God's not going to give up on us. It doesn't matter what you do. God's not going to love you more. And it doesn't matter what you do. God's not going to love you less. Read Romans 8, 31 to 39 later, and you'll see that. It's a promise from God. Read it at home. But one thing out of that section I want to point out. Romans 8, 28. Somebody's bound to have it memorized? For God works for good? Anybody? Nobody has that memorized? Okay, I'll read it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You've heard that? Yes, you've probably seen it in framed pictures. Maybe you've done a cross-stitch with it. You've probably seen it in sympathy cards. This is a truth of God. And it's powerful. This verse will get us through hard times. It can be used to comfort us. It can do that. It has done that. It will do that. But this verse is set in the middle of a section of lifelong sanctification. So instead of saying, oh, God's doing it for my own good and something better is going to come along. Maybe our response to the trials and hardships of life ought to be, oh, God's making me holy. God's in the process of sanctifying me. Maybe something better won't come along. Maybe the trials of life and the hardships of life will continue until the day you take that last breath. So yes, memorize that verse. But remember that in context, I think it's telling us that we shouldn't be saying, Oh God, thank you for bringing me something better. But oh God, thank you for making me holy. Thank you for sanctifying me. Holy Spirit, continue the process. I think that's true because I think verse 29 fits with that. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Us becoming like his son who suffered, but who also lived a sanctified life. Isn't that what we want? To be like Jesus? Hey, you want an epiphany? Choose Jesus. Choose to be slaves to Jesus. And let's watch as that chosen slavery leads us to sanctification. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much that you don't give up on me. I thank you that you forgive my sins, as as Austin said earlier, as we did that confession. I thank you, Father, that, that you've made a way for me to work towards sanctification and I ask Lord that you would help my own personal strivings cease and that I would trust the Holy Spirit in this process God make us holy each and every one of us I ask this in Jesus name Amen Hey I uh, purposefully did not give you um, steps this is what I want you to do to be holy Uh, Because I don't know where each and every one of you is in that process of becoming slaves to God. Ultimately, I want you to choose slavery to Christ. But I'm I'm not going to say, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. Because then it becomes more about us and less about what the Spirit's doing. So instead of giving you a bunch of things that I don't want you to do, I figured this morning we would just ask somebody from our body to come up and tell us The next steps he's taking towards sanctification. And this is exciting. Sam Cates, come on up here. Yes, you got to do it up here. Hey, what I told you Wednesday about me not asking you any questions that you wouldn't be able to answer? I wouldn't go as far as to say it was a lie. Go ahead and have a seat. Alright, so simple. You just gotta hold that up like it's an ice cream cone. Couple questions for you. Okay? Sam Cates, are you perfect? No. I like that. Are you sinless? No. Have you ever been? No. No. Do you want to live like Jesus? Yes. Yes. Is that why you're sitting here? Yes. Yeah. I got a random text. I'll just tell the story. <laughs> uh about eight days ago, nine days ago. Uh, from, actually I got a uh, Facebook and I never check Facebook. It says he has a couple questions for me so I, I, I learned how to Facebook him back and said text me. So he texted me and he asked uh, two questions. Uh, one, who does the parking lot snow removal and two, can we talk about baptism? They fit. So I sat down with Sam Cates on Wednesday. Elena got to join us when we sat down and we just got to hear his heart. Uh, so, Sam, do you mind just telling us what led you to be sitting here? I mean, that that wasn't the question I told you I'd ask.
1: So I'll put you on the spot here. Um, like I said, start with, you know, I, as a kid, um, you know, we used to go to Timberview when I was a kid, and I had, you know, youth group every week, and we'd do summer camps and things, and I saw a lot of my friends getting baptized, you know, as teenagers, and even as kids, and it just didn't, it didn't really appeal to me at the time because um, I wanted it, I wanted it to be something that I fully understood, not, you know, something that my parents wanted me to do or something that I did because everybody else was doing it, Uh, so I decided to wait, and I, you know, past year and a half or so, I've really been thinking about it, praying about it, and, and, uh, I think I've I've come to understand as much as I can. So it's it's time.
0: It's time. And he's here. It was it was beautiful on Wednesday when I asked him, Sam, tell, tell me about your relationship with Christ. And he says, Well, you know, this sounds kind of odd to some people, and some people I actually argue with some people about it, but Jesus is like he's my best friend. That's powerful. And he talked about, I want to take that next step. I want uh, the step of obedience. And we talked a little bit about what we were talking about today. And yeah, I want to, I want to be holy. I want to be sanctified. And he realizes that just because he, he goes under and comes back out, that, that doesn't save him. It doesn't make him holy. It's a process that the Holy Spirit will have to continue. But it's something he wants to do. And it's just exciting for me. It's exciting for Sam. I know it's exciting for his family. I, I see Michelle smiling. I'm um, going to ask you a couple formal questions because in a free Methodist church from the book of discipline, I ask you some questions. You know the answers to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Sam, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord? Yes. Do you have the assurance that your sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. Do you renounce Satan and his works?
1: Yes. You're doing really good. <laughs>
0: Do you renounce the ungodliness of this world and all sinful desires? Absolutely. Oh, kind of sounds like Romans six, twelve, and 13, huh? Will you live in obedience to Christ? Yes. Very nice. Will you actively participate in the life and ministry of his church? Yes. Do you accept the Old and New Testaments as the authority for your life? Yes. And will you, by this act of baptism, testify to the world that you are a Christian, a disciple of Jesus? I will. Very good. In, in the past, we, we've done quite a few baptisms here at this church in the last seven years. And uh, you look around, and, and some people that we've baptized, they're still sitting here, and they're growing in their faith. But you also look around, and a lot of the ones that we've baptized, they aren't. In the past, we've just kind of, okay, I hope people grow. Maybe there's a little bit of intentionality. I told Sam that starting with him, and from here on out, we're going to have a very intentional process with anybody who says, I want to be baptized. Now, Sam's been following Christ for quite a while, but he can always learn more. So I made a few phone calls, shot an email out to seven men or so, and said, hey, would you be willing to commit to walk a year-long intentional process with Sam? And I said, pray about it. And while most of them were praying about it, one wrote back and said, I'm in. Let me know what I need to do. And I'm sure that God would have laid it on the heart of somebody else had that person not stepped forward. But uh, Gary Myro wave, has said, yes. I don't know, Sam, but I want to walk this journey of faith with him. I need to introduce you to him before. (laughs) Gary, Sam, Sam, Gary. Good to meet you. Over the course of this next year, they're going to talk once a week via phone or Facebook, maybe, or something. They're they're going to to read scripture together. They're going to pray and confess sins together. They're going to pray for those that don't know Christ. And over the course of a year, I think it's going to be an impact on both of them. It's a very intentional process. And I'm glad you get to be the first one because a year from now, I'm going to be able to say, Hey, look, Sam preached three times this month. Amen. (laughs)
1: And then comes more questions.
0: And then there's more questions. <laughs> hey, uh, I, want to, I want to encourage the body, to encourage Sam, to encourage Gary. You know you, you know now that they're going to be an intentional relationship over this year. I'm not asking you guys to all call Sam once a week, okay? But I'm asking you to be intentional with them. Sam's going to continue growing in his faith. Uh, the way I'm going to ask that you show that support today Um, If you want to just simply stand, not quite yet, but you can just simply stand, or if you want to actually support Sam and come around the baptismal, I would encourage that. I would encourage anybody who is family or friends that's here to, I mean, to really support him, to come around, and uh, leadership, anybody else, you guys come on around. Uh, That gives us time to climb in, and uh, we'll do a baptism. Sound good? Let's keep that microphone on because, Gary, I'll put you on the spot. Before we baptize him, can you pray for him? Okay, so we'll keep the microphone on. Let me make sure that I don't zap myself, and let's, uh, let's see if we trust the ladder enough to get in.
2: This is exciting. <laughs> exciting.
0: Hey, why don't you, uh, I don't know
2: if you break for the before or after we go on the ladder. Well, <laughs> before? Before? I hey, oh, well, hey, Sam gets his shoes off there. You're getting up in the world.
0: Backwards instead of standing up and backwards. My uh, wife oh, just reminded me I am not a big man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> pray for you bet. Let's all pray together. Father, what a great opportunity. What an exciting time you've provided for us this morning. And for Sam Cates and for all of his family and for all of his friends here at First Free Methodist Church, we just ask you to bless him now, to really take him into your arms. God, just love him as you love all of us. And let me be a, a vessel uh, for you to Sam. Thank you for Pastor James and his uh, desire to bring Sam closer to you at this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Sam, because of your confession of faith, it is now my great honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. The process of sanctification is an immediate and a continual. Sam took a step towards that today on the process. I encourage you guys choose slavery. Choose slavery to Christ as it leads to sanctification. And as you do, may God bless you and protect you. May He smile upon you and be gracious to you. May He show you His favor and give you His peace. Amen and amen.